Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NASTime podcast here. I'm Jason Rockefeller, your host, alongside my co-host, Colin Ward. A lot of things to talk about here, uh, along with uh, your Richmond results and everything that happened in the second round of the playoffs during the round of 16, along with the brand new and improved 2022 NASCAR Cup Series schedule. And we're going to talk about this week's upcoming race, the Bristol Night Race final race of the round of 16 who's in who is out who are you going to look forward to watching out on the racetrack and who is going to be a threat to possibly contend for the win and be a surprise so uh we just had richmond this weekend colin how was your weekend oh fantastic how was your weekend well celebrate the 20th birthday this past weekend you were there at wall on uh saturday which was pretty fun to have you my girlfriend my best friend and kenny there that was pretty fun. I wish the racing would have been a lot better since it was your first time at Wall, especially Kenny's. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I, I enjoyed the experience overall. I thought it was a fun time. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, it's definitely – it, most races are usually shit shows. I'm actually kind of shocked that it didn't. And it's it's very odd that the, uh, the factory stocks had the uh, main event feature. It was 94 laps or whatever it was. And it was like 900. Well, it was almost like a whole grand to win, which is a big purse to those people over at wall so but it was definitely it was, it was definitely fun factory stock cars that, yeah that was... we call them factory stocks uh they're um uh, they're american steel but yeah they're just street Ooh. stocks but we call them factory stocks there well there were two cars that kept it really exciting in that factory stock race number three and i forgot the number but the, mm-hmm. the neon uh green like rims they yeah. spun out like every five laps they they kept yeah. it very yeah, it was. It's fun. You gotta definitely come back. Turkey Derby's when you gotta come back. But uh, yeah, yeah we so should we should definitely look into that. Absolutely happens in November. So Derby. yeah, after it's like the week before uh, Thanksgiving. So yeah, that's like the big show. It's like the Daytona 500. Oh yeah, it's the Daytona 500 of, of of the modifieds in Jersey, especially even on the Northeast. It's one of the biggest modified races on the Northeast. Really? Just oh well, let's look into it and pop out. Yeah, dude. It last year was so bad. I told you. It's just it was atrocious yeah, because we were going to run and Governor Murphy shut us down and then not a lot of people showed up because we had it in March, which is just a bad time of the year because everything's starting to get back going with auto racing. Just yeah. every modified. It's just a bad showing. It was just a boring race, too. It, and we get huge car counts from all across the country, East Coast, everything. It's, it's definitely fun. But yeah, so had that at Wall that night, went to Jersey City, did some go-kart racing with Kenny and few of my friends that was really fun then we went to liberty state park to see the 9-11 memorial but it was fun my actual birthday though on sunday we just kind of hung out had cake and uh me and g just watched men in black and some other movies and stuff like that but i was able to uh, watch the end of the cup race on saturday night there your guy man he almost oh. had it and he choked again man i i, I gotta mean, tell you on. dude i i was keeping up with the race on my phone as we were leaving wall and I went to uh, Wawa, like, you know, a couple miles away from my house. And I, I popped out my phone again. I'm like, oh, oh my God, Kyle's in the lead. I'm like, hey, Kyle's in the lead. And he's like doing well, too. It's not a fluke. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to win. We're going to win this race. I rush home. I turn on the TV. And I swear, as soon as I turn on the TV, I hear, oh, Kyle Bush with a penalty. I'm like, oh, no. 
I'm like, not again. And then yeah. when he got into traffic, he just couldn't pass, and he was just destined to finish. What was it, ninth or eighth? One lose. He finished in the top ten. I tell you what, man, we had a good day for me with my guy. I mean, Blaney was running like I think second at one point, and that's unusual. If you know how Ryan Blaney drives at Richmond, they talk about it so much. There's even like a little meme that went around. I don't know if it was real, but NBC made a graphic that says Ryan Blaney not good, not at, good Richmond. at Richmond. I don't know if that was <laughs> real, but if it was, that's funny as hell. But um. Yeah, it was definitely uh, one for strategy, and it, it seemed to be between the 11 and the 9 all night long up until the last like stretch of the race, which was interesting because Chase Elliott looked like he could have probably challenged Denny Hamlin for that win, and he ended up just – the crew just I, – I didn't, I didn't really get to pay attention to what Ryan Flores on the Stacking Pennies podcast was talking about, about why it happened and stuff, but – the jack just broke. It just straight up broke when they tried to put it underneath the car, and it just broke. And yeah, so I mean, we bad, we, didn't, we didn't get to watch the race, but I heard something like Chase thought that he was over the line and then like reversed it real quick while he was on the jack or something crazy like that. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I heard something like that along those lines caused that issue. Yeah, I, I don't know because we were remember I remember we were watching uh, I think it was the SK race uh, the sportsman race at the time and uh, I was like yo Chase Elliott just had an issue on pit road and me and you were like hype as, as shit it was awesome and <laughs> I, I mean yeah dude, that was that was a good moment but you know what though the field the field the whole field only what I think it was ten or eleven cars maybe maybe even nine cars went like were the only ones on the lead lap at, by the checkered flag which is crazy. I mean, unbelievable. But, you know, I mean, that race was just – hell, I think we only had two cautions. Which, I mean, if you don't count the stage cautions, I believe we only had two cautions. Kurt Busch cutting a tire into one and Bubba Wallace blowing a tire heading into two. So, but it was definitely an interesting one. Um, I almost chose the race winner. I mean, Denny Hamlin was right there closing in. And, I, and Truex had to go to the back for the start violation. He beat Hamlin in blind. That's why he was – he actually went down – but they were able to make it back up to the front. And incredibly, they I think they leapfrogged everybody in the pits or, or something, but they were able and they their car was hooked up. James Small and the whole Gibbs Racing organization on that 19 car, they just they hit the nail on the head right there that night. They had just enough to hold off the 11 car. And it could have been a Gibbs 1, 2, 3, 4, but Kyle Busch, you know, your man choked it on pit road with speeding and oh, uh, made the Gibbs 1, 2, 3, and then like, Nine or seven, wherever it was, it finished. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's frustrating, but you know, Martin Trix Jr. though looks like he's back in the saddle. I mean, he's been kind of creeping there all season long. That was what his fourth win of the year now, I believe. Yeah, he got his first three, like what in the first like seven races of the season. Yeah, he won Victory Lane since he and won Phoenix. Recently. He won Phoenix. He won what else did he? He won Phoenix. He won Martinsville. Darlington and Darlington, which was early. Yeah. So his last win was back all the way at Mother's Day back in May. So it's been a few months since Martin Trix Jr. has been to Victory Lane. They've been creeping around there. They've had some chances, haven't been able to close out the deal. But, you know, this is when this is when Truex is able to perform at his best, I think, because he's 10 race stretch throughout the playoffs. I mean, we've seen it. I don't think he's once been knocked out of the round of four since 2016. Mm hmm. 
you know, and that team is definitely going to be a championship threat. I definitely am putting them in my final four bracket as of now. Really? I mean, I mean, look at the stats. I mean, he's so good in the stretch of the playoffs. I don't see how he's not going to, unless something drastically goes wrong. If he put it this way, if he does something, you know, so bad at, at Talladega, like the only race I really see him having a problem at, honestly, is Talladega. He's not good at finishing those races. He yeah. was good in the Bush series when he was with DEI and junior motorsports, whatever you want to call it. But ever since he got to the cup series, he's just been there. He's just not, mm. I mean, he had a shot in 2017 with the Coke zero 400, but Eric Jones got by him and he, you know, was there, but he didn't close out the deal. It's just, that's really the only track. If you really think about it, he's going to have problems. I mean, look at Martinsville. Martinsville is probably, if not one of his best racetracks, um, along with Chase Elliott, but he, that's one of his best racetracks. I could see them. They go into the round of eight winning at Martinsville, which I will be going to. I cannot wait to go to Martinsville. Um, <laughs> I, I can't wait. Uh, my best friend surprised me for my birthday with a race ticket to go. So I, I can't wait. Um, going to try to go to all three races, but anyways, I, I can see them doing good there. Um, and I'm trying to think what, what races do we have? Uh, in the next round, we have what Las Vegas? We have Las Vegas, or is it Kansas? Uh, no, Ve- Vegas is coming up. Oh, let me let me look up. Uh, let's see right here. I'm already on the NASCAR app, I'm already on the schedule. You should so know this. Word. We have Vegas, Talladega, and Charlotte. So, Talladega is probably the only one he's won at Vegas before. He almost nearly won the inaugural Charlotte role. He's good at Texas, somewhat. Um, he's all right at Kansas. I think he has a win at Kansas. I don't remember. And Martinsville, he's great. And Phoenix, he just won the most recent race there. So, and everybody yeah. was saying back at, back in the, excuse me, everybody was saying back at Phoenix this year, they said that he was going to be a threat if this was going to be the way that the race ran. Because, I mean, God, you know, we all know different scenario, different circumstances coming into the final four, but that's the package. That's the race that they're going to be running for the championship for this year again. And Martin Truex Jr. has been there. He's He knows what it takes to win these championships. He knows what it takes to win at Phoenix. And I'm telling you, he's going to be in the Final Four. Unless something drastic happens to that 19 team, I don't see them getting eliminated. Yeah, I mean, that's – you're right. The stats really line up. It, it's almost like Truex has been, like, sneaky good this season. I mean, definitely fell off a bit. Uh, towards the middle before the playoffs, but now has absolutely just fired it up. Uh, obviously, with a win at at, at Richmond, and you're right. I'm looking at this this schedule here, and I don't see him not making it to the round of four. Yeah, it's just like if you want to base it off stats and just the way that he performs at these racetracks, along with the Joe Gibbs Racing organization as a whole, they all perform fairly well throughout this playoff stretch. It's just a matter of can they be consistent and not have any mistakes and not get involved in any mishaps and wrecks, you know, because Truex yeah. is good, and I, I just believe that he's going to make it. I think he's going to keep that streak alive from 2017 to now. I Listen, I could be wrong, but as far as I'm concerned, Martin Schumacher has made every round of four since 2017. So that's 17, 18, 19, 20. That, that, if, if he made the final four this year, that'd be five years in a row. Wait, he didn't make it last season? Did? No, he did. Yeah, he did. It was Keselowski, Logano, Elliott, and Hamlin. Oh, wow, he didn't. Yeah, never mind that. So, that, that, yeah. I mean, still, though, you know what I mean. He's I mean, no, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, it, well, it's a lot like Kyle Busch, too. Kyle Busch is always typically there, except for last year, too. 
Yeah. But, you know, um, we'll, we'll have to just see how the dominoes fall. We'll see where the 19 team is heading into Martinsville. You while know? we're on the topic, do you think Gibbs is the strongest team in this playoffs right now? Um, after last week's performance, and I'm not talking about Richmond, at Darlington, um, they're all right. I think Richmond really showed it, but I, I think it, it goes to show you that I think that they have their 750 package down. I don't think they're so good on their 550. When it comes to the 550, I think that Teddy Hamlin is probably their biggest uh, driver right now. Um, I wouldn't say they're the strongest. I want to say they're tied for second, maybe along with Penske, but Ryan Blaney's been backpacking Penske the last few weeks. Um, Stuart Haas has, is not on the ball at all right now. I mean, Kevin Harvick's been having mediocre runs. He had a mediocre run again at Richmond. Um, he was doing all right. He said the car was plowing tight, though. Um, just couldn't turn. You know, Richmond's tough when it comes down to it on the long run. Tire conservation means everything there and hooking the bottom, which is good at doing. So that helped, especially with experience. But I think that Gibbs isn't the best right now. I think Hendrick is still definitely top right now if you don't want to count Byron and Bowman. Um, like I said, that's, that's half the organization, right? I want to say that Chip Ganassi Racing is probably the third best team right now, maybe. Honestly, if Kurt Busch didn't have that tire cut, I mean, look at them. They were good. They were all right at Darlington. I mean, Ross Chastain, for God's sake, finished third. And he, and he finished, I think, in the top five again this week, didn't he? Um, yes. Yes. He, no, was it seventh? I believe he got seventh. He may have. I'm not yes. sure. Let me check real quick. He finished. Yep, he gets uh, still another top ten by Ross Chastain. He's creeping in there, you know, just like we've talked about. He's there, um, but yeah, I I think that they're all right. What do you think, man? I it's hard to tell because it's early and we've gone to Darlington, which is you know the long time wise the longest and toughest track on the drivers so that that's one that's almost like a crapshoot you know it's almost like you know may the best man win you know survival of the fittest whatever and then we went to a short track which you know like guys like blaney for example you know you really have to know how to get around there you know we haven't gone to like a cookie cutter track where it's kind of like you know what you know what, what am i trying to say here it, you you go to a cookie cutter track and it's like you know larson's going to be good there and Oh, yeah. It's going to be good there. And it's like, you know, one of those typical races. We've gone to track so far where it's not really typical. So yeah. guys who have gotten in trouble who you don't necessarily expect to get in trouble, uh, if that makes sense. So it's hard to tell right now because it's so early. But oh, what yeah. I say is a very interesting stat. If, if we wind up having the four drivers below the cut line get eliminated, then we will only have two more Chevy drivers remaining in the top 12. Yeah. Chevy's just not, just, they're not like that. You know, I that think stat just baffles me. You know, it's crazy that Chevy used to, we used to be out here watching Jimmy Johnson and Chevy just dominate every year. And now it's just like, it's just, I mean, Toyota was there creeping in, but now it's just like, it's the era of the Toyotas and stuff like that, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Toyota and Ford have just found something that they haven't in the last few years, and it's really hurt Chevy. But I mean, they're trying. They've won. I mean, for for Christ's sake, they won the championship last season. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's incredible that that would only leave two Chevy drivers remaining, and so that that's the first that I, the first thing I wanted to mention about that. 
And the second is, honestly, if Kyle Larson wants to win this championship, I think he has to get past the Gibbs guys. Oh, yeah. Surprised if the final four were Larson and then three Gibbs guys. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if we're not, if we're going to exclude Truex here since he just won, I mean, Denny Hamlin won last weekend, but that's what I was going to mention. Denny Hamlin now. I think Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. are probably Kyle Larson's biggest threats for this championship. And like I said, it's Gibbs. He's got to beat Gibbs. Gibbs is right there. They always are, no matter what. There is not a single week, in my opinion, where Gibbs just absolutely falls off. I mean, if you want to count New Hampshire earlier this season, like right before the playoffs started when Eric Allen won, but look at that. Christopher Bell right there won the Xfinity race the day before, and he was going to get to him. You gave him another two to three laps. Christopher Bell was going to be beaten on the back bumper of Eric Amarola coming up a check flat. And if that rain situation didn't happen, Kyle Busch or Truex were most likely going to win or be right up there with Amarola and Bell at the end of that race. Oh, yeah. And I think and I say that with the utmost confidence. Denny Hamlin is just, I think he's the man on the mission right now. He knows what it takes. I said this exactly last week. Denny Hamlin knows what it takes. He's lost the championship three times, basically, out of yeah. stupid mistakes. Between 2010, when he just doored Biffle, I think it was, off two and just lost it and just had damage and just couldn't get back to the front. You know, and then, I mean, last year with coming so close, it's just, you know, not enough. And he just, he's always there, but he can't close it out. You know, and like yeah. you said last week, he could be the next Spark Martin. We don't know, you know, but I mean, he's he's there and he knows what's going to take. I, I I mean, I still in my mind think that Denny Hamlin uh, could win a championship. I thought that last year would have been it with Harvick, but I mean, you know, Denny Hamlin finished, I think, last out of the final four drivers last year and him and Harvick didn't even make it, you yeah. know, but I think that Denny Hamlin is definitely going to be a contender along with Martin Church Jr. Um but Hamlin, it, put it this way, I think Hamlin, you can give Hamlin like a waiver for saying, hey, man, you didn't win the championship if he doesn't win it this year because Larson's been the most dominant car. He's been there, but Denny Hamlin only won one race season. Has not been his season. You know. Yeah. Now, if you want to talk about next year when this new next-gen car comes about and Denny Hamlin starts going out and winning le- races left and friggin' right, but you know, until then, you can't really say, like, all right, Denny, you know, like, this is your year. If Denny, Han- put it this way, if Denny Hamlin goes out next year and wins a bunch of races and he's a threat and doesn't win the championship, I do not think Denny Hamlin will ever win the championship. Yeah. You know, that- it's just like you've had so many chances. Like, you guys have, I mean, literally in 2019, they literally gave it away. Yeah. Here, the whole tape situation. Yeah, I mean, I think that this season, if he did win it, I mean, I don't think this is the season to win it. Last season was certainly, like, that was Hamlin's season. Yeah, I mean, with Harvick. Harvick's season, but Hamlin was ultimately the one who made it to the Final Four. So that, that was Hamlin's championship to lose, and he lost it. You know, this season, although very consistent, this hasn't been as flashy, I, I feel. And the same thing with Truex, you know, I, I feel like, you know, uh, at the end of the season, uh, whatever happens in these playoffs, I just feel like this is like, this is Kyle Larson's season. Like that is the one that makes the most sense. Kyle Larson should go out and win the championship. Yeah, it, it is what it is. And next year is going to bring a whole, a whole new meeting too. I mean, with the new next gen yeah. car and some new races, oh, yeah. schedule dates. So that brings us to our next topic, probably our most anticipated topic of silly season, other than how is the next gen car doing and what drivers are moving where. Folks, the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series schedule has officially been released. There were rumors. There were things that we knew. 
uh, via Adam Stern and the athletic and other people around the garage area and just news outlets in general, but it's officially been released. So I am going to read off the uh, race schedule here in just a second. Once I get on NASCAR's Instagram, because that's my source. <laughs> so we're going to go off a few things. I'm going to read off the schedule and then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to list off some notable um, things about the schedule. So here we go. The clash will be at the LA Coliseum officially. Like we hoped it wouldn't, but like I said, keep reading the list. The clash will be at the LA Coliseum on Sunday, February 6th in LA. The duels at Daytona will be on Thursday, February 17th. And then the Daytona 500 Sunday, February 20th auto club on Sunday, February 27th, Las Vegas, Sunday, March 6th, Phoenix, Sunday, March 13th, Atlanta, Sunday, March 20th, CODA Sunday on March 27th, Richmond on Sunday, April 3rd, Martinsville, Saturday, April 9th, Bristol Dirt, Sunday, April 17th, Talladega, Sunday, April 24th, Dover's on Sunday, May the 1st, Darlington's on Sunday, May 8th, Kansas, Sunday, May 15th, the All-Star Race at Texas on Sunday, May 22nd, Charlotte on Sunday, May 29th, which will be the Coca-Cola 600, I believe, Worldwide Technology Raceway, a.k.a. Gateway, on Sunday, June 5th, Sonoma on June 12th, which is a Sunday. Then we have our one and only off week of the season, Sunday, June 19th. Then the Nashville Super Speedway on Sunday, June 26th. Uh, Road America on Sunday, July 3rd. Atlanta on Sunday, July 10th. Then New Hampshire, July 17th, which is a Sunday. Pocono, Sunday, July 24th. Indianapolis Road Course, Sunday, July 31st. Michigan, Sunday, August 7th. Richmond, Sunday, August 14th. Watkins Glen, August 21st, which is a Sunday. Daytona, which is the cutoff race, Saturday, August 27th. And then the playoffs begin. In the playoffs, we have round one, Darlington, Sunday, September 4th. Kansas, Sunday, September 11th. Bristol will be Saturday, September 17th, and that is the cutoff race. Round two will be Texas, Sunday, September 25th. Talladega, Sunday, October 2nd. And then the cutoff race of the round of 12, the Charlotte Roval, Sunday, October 9th. Then we will begin the round of eight at Las Vegas on Sunday, October 16th. Homestead, Miami, Sunday, October 23rd. And the cutoff race again at Martinsville, Sunday, October 30th. And the championship race, of course, at Phoenix on Sunday, November 6th. So that is the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series schedule. Now I'm going to note off some of the most notable things here on the schedule and stuff that I remember off the top of my head. So number one, the Bristol Dirt Race will be a night race and it will be on Easter Sunday, surprisingly. In years, I think this, in all my years of knowing everything and just being a NASCAR fan, I don't recall this race on Easter Sunday in years so there's that. Uh, Pocono loses its doubleheader date to Gateway. Homestead now moves into the NASCAR Cup playoffs. Auto Club is back, and it looks to me as if it's going to be a phenomenal race for the last time on the Oval. Um, on, it's the second race of the season it moves to. Kansas is now in the round of 16 of the playoffs. Uh, Richmond moves from uh, the playoffs into August now. Um, obviously cup now goes to gateway and cup now goes to the LA Coliseum. And that's all the stuff that I can remember off the top of my head. As I'm looking through the schedule currently, 
I believe. Oh, yeah. And obviously, like I said, we have one off week throughout the entire season, which is Sunday, June 19th. Um, looking through the schedule right now. Yeah, it looks like that's that's uh, that's it for uh, all my notes about the schedule. So, Colin, what do, what do we think about this? This isn't really a bombshell of a schedule. It's kind of just like, wow, there's some changes. It doesn't really surprise me, but there are a few things that I was like, wow, you really did this. Holy shit. It's like, what are your thoughts on the 2022 Cup Series schedule? Well, I just want to bring up the first thing that you mentioned I'm pleasantly surprised about. First of all, the race on Easter Sunday. I am personally a fan. Not sure where you stand. Um, but Easter is a time, you know, for family and all that. You, you gather with your family. You celebrate the holiday. But what better way than gathering with your family, celebrating the holiday, and watching a race at the same time? Understand that the drivers and the crews and even the fans who want to attend that race all have family as well who they really like to spend the holiday with. Um, but let's not forget these are multi-million dollar athletes out there doing their job. Um, and their job is to entertain. And I think they're going to reel in a lot of views on Easter Sunday because there are going to be a lot of families who love racing and love racing together watching the race that day. So I applaud NASCAR for saying, hey, screw it. Let's, let's have a race that day. Not a fan of the race that's going to be held that day. I still don't think uh, the, the Bristol track should be turned into dirt whatsoever, especially after the epic truck race that we saw today at the end there uh, just shows that asphalt Bristol, especially with that bump and run, is very exciting. Um, but enough of that. I think it's re- really cool that they have a race that day and really cool that they only have one off weekend. Again, this is the longest schedule in uh, in professional sports is NASCAR. 36 weeks, and then you have the all-star race and the clash and the, and the duels. We're looking at almost 40 weeks. Well, the duels technically count, I believe, as the Daytona 500 week because it's run on a Thursday. But, I mean, it's still a, it's still a race week, so I'll count it with you. Yeah. Re- regardless, there's a lot of racing, and there's a lot to look forward to, and there's three whole series. And when you have one weekend where there's nothing, that's just the worst weekend of, of the year. So just to have one of those instead of like, I, I know it was for the Olympics this season, uh, but two back to back, that was like, oh my God. I, I felt, felt like, like that felt like ages. That felt like months. It felt terrible. It felt terrible. So, I mean, I, I just, you know, send my best wishes to the drivers and the crews because that's a lot of work. But at the same time, hey, it's your job. You're getting paid the big bucks. And I am going to be very entertained the next season and not have to wait too long for my racing. So excited about that. Where, where do you stand about the race on Easter Sunday? I, most um, people probably like the idea. Listen, I'm a fan just like you. The only thing I kind of am iffy and on the fence about is that this sport, as we know, whether anybody wants to disagree with me or not, we are predominantly a Southern family owned, you know, like literally ran off the France, France family. Everybody loves the sport. It's family. It's driven in our blood. If you come from the South, everybody is mainly a Southern fan that is primarily a conservative and is about, uh, you know, Christ and stuff like that and religion. Um, I, I think that a lot of fans are going to be iffy about it because a lot of people like to plan stuff for Easter Sunday you know, that's your one week away from home where you're like, all right, I don't get to watch racing. I can just be with the family for this weekend. Don't worry. NASCAR will be back next weekend. But, but you know, it opens up a lot of opportunities. It's a big TV opportunity. I was, wa- all right, I was watching Eric Estep's video today when I was on my break, or it was actually yesterday night when I was on my break at work. And he said it perfectly. The NBA literally has games on Christmas Day 
the NFL mm-hmm. literally has games on Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, you know, and, and and the MLB like has games on like I think an, I think another holiday. I don't remember. Um, but anyways, I think it's like oh well, why can't NASCAR do it? Well, the reason why people are so iffy about it is because, like I said, it's a conservative you know, religious sport to some people, most people down South, because that's where, you know, whether anybody wants to agree with me, I'm not being a stereotype, but that's just the truth of the sport. Our sport grew up in the roots of the South and it's predominantly a conservative Christian Catholic, you know, just in general religious sport, you know, people love their country. They love their flag. They love their religion and they love good old racing. That's how it is. I think a lot of NASCAR fans down South are going to be on the fence about it. I don't think as many people from the Northeast out to the Northwest, Southwest, you know, just maybe, you know, just out West in general, aren't going to be too on the fence about it. But I think a lot of Southern fans like down in Alabama, Louisiana, North Carolina, stuff like that, et cetera. People are going to be on the fence about it. I'm a fan for it though. I love it. And it's, and it's a night race. And honestly, Colin, I actually like the Bristol dirt race. I hated it when they talked about it. I was like, why in all places are we going to put damn dirt on Bristol? You know, it'd been done before for world of outlaws and Lucas Oil late models, but you know, not for NASCAR. For Christ's sake, we hadn't been dirt racing in 50 years, I believe it was. You know, but but you know what though? It proved me wrong. It was a good race. There were a few problems, but I think that they made it at night for the visibility and because they know that people are going to want to eat that night or eat in the afternoon. Because let's face it, everybody usually eats Easter dinner mainly in the afternoon, so like or a little bit after the afternoon. At least I do. That's just my opinion from what I've done with my family. Um, but. You know, they can go to the race that night, you know, and it's going to be on a Sunday, which is a little iffy. I think like Saturday night would be better in my opinion, you know, but I mean, I never floats their boat. Yeah, I think, uh, well, first of all, I think NASCAR knows uh, what they're doing in that aspect with the religious, um, you know, aspect that you, you brought up. And that's why it's at night. I would assume that's why yeah. it's at night, because people would go to church in the morning and, and the visibility in my opinion, too. Yeah, that too. Um there was another thing I wanted to say, but it has left my mind. Hmm. Nope, not there anymore. It's It'll gonna... come up. Who knows? <laughs> It'll come up when we're talking about something yeah. else. But uh, we also, man, all right. See, for us, this is such a a, a, a down thing for us in the dumps. Like we're down in the dumps about it. Man, Pocono lost its doubleheader date to Gateway. I got a lot to say about this one, Jason. Can I take the wheel here? Brother, you go right ahead. The iRacing virtual eNASCAR steering wheel is in your hands. Take it and drive it. First of all, my friend, you are entitled to your own opinion, but I personally thought the Bristol Dirt Race was an absolute joke. So the fact that we keep the, the Bristol Dirt Race that I thought was a joke, and I know a lot of other people thought it was a joke, fact that we keep the coda race that was a joke and i know a lot of other people thought that was a joke and we don't keep the pocono doubleheader just pains me i mean the pocono doubleheader was absolutely epic i don't i don't care what you have to say about the track about about the racing at the track having two cup races in the same weekend followed by an xfinity and a truck race that same day even an arca race thrown in there was epic it was epic to be there and i'm sure it was epic to watch on tv and the fact that they're taking that away from us is an absolute l i thought the pocono double header double header was something that was going to be just specific to pocono that was going to be their thing it was going to run for ages and it was going to be like the pocono thing two races one weekend being bada boom absolutely incredible but no they took it away from us i feel like the pocono double header was one of the only nascar gimmicks that worked and now it's gone 
with that said, I absolutely love Gateway and I've been an advocate for having them get a cup raise for the last like five years, ever since it was like even like whispered like, hey, they may put a cup car here. I absolutely love that racetrack. It's one of my favorites, and I think it's going to put on a phenomenal cup race. It's kind of like a win-win for us. It, or no, it, my bad. It's like a win-loss. It's like, man, like, see, dude, now I attended my first Pocono race this year, and you were there. We met up for, for the second time. I mean, we went. We sure did. We had a great time. We hung out the whole day. We hung out, you know, pre-race, you know, you had some beers, and I just sat and we all talked with some friends and you know, and then we all went out as a group. It was it was freaking awesome, dog. It was amazing. It was it so was, fun. Was, we went to the yes. truck. I mean, give or take, you were hammered at the truck race, but that was. I don't remember the truck race. Yeah, I he doesn't remember, remember the truck there. race. But it was so much fun, and then the cup race and seeing that finish and back to back day. I mean, you got to see your guy win on the second day. I wasn't there, but back to back days. Phenomenal. They were great finishes. One, I mean, out of all things, we literally called that race, dog. I literally said, yo, we blow did. a tire, and you go, blow a tire. Yeah. All right, guys, listen. All right, listen here, folks. True story. <laughs> We're in the grandstands, and I was praying that Bowman was going to win. So I'm an Alex Bowman fan, too. He's my second favorite driver. And Larson got by him. Great last 15 laps. Applaud them for putting on a show. And – we're sitting there, and I'm yelling, and I'm looking at Colin. I go, yo, blow a tire. And Colin yells, blow a tire. And, and, and then uh, our friend uh, Jordan starts saying, wait, look. And we all look at the jumble tire. I'm like, oh, my God, he blew a tire. And oh they, he blows a tire. Oh, my God, folks, the place went fucking nuts. Holy shit. I have never been so excited to see a finish in my life. Jason, was, I still don't believe that actually happened. I, I, I couldn't. We were, I was speechless. I was out shot. of breath and it was just insane. I, I think it, my favorite part, my fans, favorite part about it was when I turned to the Alex Bowman fan behind us and I'm like, I hope he fails post race inspection. <laughs> Dude, okay. So, folks, my point is to that is that that was how fun that race weekend was. And, folks, not to mention, uh, camping sold out the whole weekend. Both yeah. cup races yeah. almost nearly sold out. I was told. Pocono always sells. It always sells. You know, it's in the middle of the mountains. Re- I get it. Financially you know, it's not. Them. It's not the most like you know entertaining race. But that's the thing. Pocono has always been a fuel mileage race. It's always been a strategy. Who has the stronger car? Who's going to prevail? You know, who's? Ooh, excuse me. Who's going to survive the tricky triangle? So it sucks to see them lose a date. You know. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna look me in the eye after that race at Richmond last week and some of the races that we've seen recently and tell me that Pocono is still the worst track on the schedule, you are dead wrong. Yeah, that track is not the worst. I'm saying it's the dog. best track. I'm not going to fix your own opinion. That track is Texas, man. Texas is the worst. I personally love Pocono and always have. I like the, I like the race. It, it's exciting. I like me. the racing that it used to provide. I like the old Pokemon. I like the racing that it provides now. I, I mean, no, no, no. I better. do too. I'm just saying that I liked it better back in the day because it was more fuel mileage. It wasn't, it, everybody was spread out. It was fuel mileage. Now it's like there's a draft pack. And it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just it, it, it reminds me of hate car for that track. I just yeah. feel like the heat is so unnecessary yeah. for Pocono. It's, it's, yeah. unique. it's, it's fun. And they, they, you know, they throw a couple big wrecks in there. You get some fuel mileage races. I mean, yep. I never understood the hate. And it's just. Oh, yeah. It's, it, folks, incorrect. listen, 
the reason why we're upset about Pocono losing a date is because we went to it, and if you guys were there, you would love it too. Because Pocono, I mean, by far, one of the best races I've ever been to. Best weekend of, of the year. Oh, yeah. Best, best race, race weekend yeah, I've far. ever had. So Pocono loses its date to Gateway. Next up in my list that I said, Homestead is now into the playoffs for the first time since 2000. And, what was it? Uh, 18. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, was it 18? Well, 2019 when Kyle won the championship. 2019, Kyle won the championship. It's been a couple of years since we've been to Homestead for the for you know in the playoffs, but now it's it's in the playoffs and it's going to be really really fun. It's actually in the eliminator round, I believe it's called whatever the hell it's called, round of eight, whatever. It's, yeah, it's the second to last or the second to oh my god, whatever. It's the Oh, I can't even word this properly. It's before Martinsville. It's before the cutoff race, so you know it's going to be good. You got two good mile and a half, or so whatever Miami is. You got Vegas, Miami, and Martinsville. Um, I'm really excited. Homestead is a great track. It is. Now, I just wish, for the love of God, we would stop running the 550 pack. Now, who knows how the next gen is going to run next year there with pack racing. I think they've already had a next-gen test there. Obviously, you can rip the wall. The cars are, you know, stiffer. They're not as loose from what I've been told and what I've heard and read and watched, but it should be a good race. I just hope that, you know, but I doubt it. I'm pretty sure it's already been confirmed, but whatever. I just want that high horsepower, low downforce package. That That is why these Xfinity races there are so good. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be even better now that it's one of the last races before the championship final four round. Yeah, I mean, I I personally feel like if it's not the the finale race, then I, I just feel like we're waiting a lot longer to see a race at Homestead having it so deep into the playoffs. You know, I I don't I personally I don't I don't really think it makes a difference having it in the playoffs versus in the regular season. At that point, is it a cutoff race? No, it's not. It's the it's the it's in the middle. It's right after Vegas and right before Martinville. Yeah, I don't I I don't. I don't see it being that big of a deal being in the point. I don't know, man. Watch what you say. I'm telling you, next year, you just watch it. I, I don't doubt that it's going to be a great race. I mean, usually races at Homestead are a great race, but I, I just feel like we're, we're waiting a long time to see another race at Homestead now. I mean, yeah. it's a year from, from now we have until oh, yeah. a race at Homestead. And it is what I, it is. Hope it'll it be worth what, the wait. Five months ago? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I I don't hate the decision. I just think it's a very – I'm just neutral on it, like, cool. No. Just want to go see another race at, at Homestead. Well, next one that I put on the list, Auto Club is now back as the second race. Now, odd enough, I don't know if COVID hindered it, but from my knowledge and what I remember, I correct me if I'm wrong, pretty sure that the short track development was supposed to be done this year, but um, as far as I'm concerned, they haven't done a lick to the racetrack at least to uh, really? start renovations for it. Um, was told, though, uh, via Eric Eastep's video, I believe it was, uh, or whoever it was I watched or read, whatever, you know what I mean. Um, you get what I'm saying. That yeah. it, it's it, it's not going to be done till next year now. Now, I love the idea of a short track. It just sucks that we're going to be tearing up a good racetrack. Because you know, I really do like – I mean, honestly, 2020 was a good race. Other than Bowman dominating, restarts were crazy for like 15 laps. Hell, nope. dude, I'm a Kyle Bush fan. I love Auto Club. I love the way it is. He wins the most every year. 
Yeah, well, Auto Club is just a good track. It's it's nice to see it back, and it's glad to see it back into its, in my opinion, its right spot. I always loved Auto Club being the second race after Daytona because it was a nice, you know, what is it, a mile and a half? Is it a mile and a half or is it bigger than a mile and a half? I think it's like two it, miles, isn't it? It's two miles, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. We'll just count it. It's in that cookie-cutter region track, but it's so bumpy, and it's not repaved, and it's going to be so cool to see it. Ooh, excuse me. To see it back because last year we couldn't go to it because of, all the California uh, COVID-19 protocols uh, and regulations and laws and so forth. But uh, it's going to be nice to see that back. I can't wait to see the cars yeah. rip the fence and, and dive it down to the bottom and try to throw sliders on each other on old, my old surface. People haven't been back here in almost two years now when it comes time. So it's going to yeah, be I'm nice to see the cup cars back at it and Xfinity. Uh, yeah, that I'm, is I'm Xfinity excited that goes well. back there, but I'm assuming so. Who knows? Maybe trucks will go back there. I would love the trucks. Oh, trucks! More than less, so I would cool. love Auto Club. Now, it would never happen, but Auto Club as a night race again. Oh, I mean, I you love have the lights. Auto I know you it have the lights. NASCAR fans want why. to see more night races. I know, and it's just awesome. I mean, I loved, I loved the night races there. It was so much fun, and IndyCar running at night there was awesome too. Andy you know, running at Auto Club in general is awesome. Yeah, well, we can't go anywhere because, you know, oh, Ryan Briscoe flipping through the grid. But then again, though, that track is so dangerous for those cars. I mean, ever since, you know, Dan Weldon and everything like that and just the whole. Well, yeah. You know, fun fact, I know so little about IndyCar that I thought Chase I know Briscoe. A, I know a good amount of that. that Fontana. Yeah, no. That, like, man, no. Chase Briscoe went from racing IndyCar to racing NASCAR. No. Story, and I'm like, <laughs> no. wait, I think I got my Briscoes wrong. Nah, I, I love IndyCar. I don't love it as much as NASCAR, but I love IndyCar. I'm a Ryan Hunter Ray fan. Sucks he's moving from uh, Andretti Autosport next year, but everybody saw it coming. It's been rumored now for a couple months. But, oh, is uh, he really? He's not going to yeah, be in that iconic no. yellow car anymore? No, he's not. Uh, I don't know where he's going. People are saying he might go to Schmidt Peter, or not Schmidt Peterson, but uh, Ed Carpenter and other places, but nobody knows. Maybe he'll retire. Who knows? But I doubt it. He's got wow. some. Wow. How old is he? Uh, he's old, isn't he? late 30s maybe i'm not sure I, I don't really follow up but anyways yeah that's why we don't go there anymore but it would be nice to see a night race there but um kansas is now uh in round 16 of the playoffs instead of being deep in it um i don't really think there's much change there it was just a notable one that i thought i'd put down you know it's not going to be as stressful it's usually chaotic in a playoff race there maybe it's not going to be as chaotic but um we'll we'll see you know it's the second race of the playoffs and it's on 9-11 again, like Richmond was this year. Um, we'll see how it goes. So we have that. Um, and Richmond uh, moves. <laughs> we were just talking about how it's just such a boring race. Well, guess what, folks? I think NASCAR was like, oh, that's the nail in the coffin. All right, Richmond, here you go. Right after the covers, they are like, all right, we're going to kick your ass out of the playoffs. So Richmond, folks, has now been moved from the playoffs all the way back into August. August. That is going to be so hot. But yeah, but they get exactly my point. I was like, I don't see a reason in why we need a second date for Richmond. You know, it proves that it's not, it's not as good as it used to be. It's out of its prime. Now it's not the early two thousands NASCAR cup series anymore, but you know, who knows? Maybe the next gen cars, maybe they'll put on a better show, but honestly, I, 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 I freaking doubt it. I doubt it, you know, but you know, Jason, I feel like this is a missed opportunity. They could have put one of those Richmond dates and like brought them to Iowa, a track that's basically Richmond, but not. It's so much better than Richmond. Right? Like it looks a lot like Richmond. The layout is basically Richmond, 
But for some reason, it's so much better. I don't know. I feel like that was a missed opportunity. I feel like we got no business going to Richmond twice after what we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah. I there's people who love Richmond and probably are wondering why I'm hating on it so much. But I mean, hell. No, I agree with you, man. I totally I mean, agree. You, with you watch these races and they're literally boring. When nine cars finish in the lead lap, that's a problem. That was not a good race. Oh, yeah. Definitely a problem. And it's not the cautions, it's just the racing. Everybody gets so spread out. It's like a one lane racetrack nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and. I hate, I hate to say it, but if the racing's good and the cautions are going to follow. I mean, you know, contact's going to happen. People are going to hit the wall, and then you get those cautions. You know, it, it, it's not that the lack of cautions, but, you know, nine cars, nine cars in the lead lap. Can't tell me that was good. You, you can't. So, yeah, it, it is what it is, you know. But, I mean, there's nothing we can do. You know, they only listen to the fans so much. But uh, Cup to L.A., we already – Set our voices on that last week. I don't really think we need to uh, stretch upon it. Besides the fact that we're we're pretty as NASCAR as fans, it is cool to see a short track. I think it's a great idea to put cars in the Coliseum. But I'm sorry, you have fucking pissed us off. Doing that considered, I'm excited to watch it. I want to see what happens. Oh, I am too. I'm very. I'm. I'm open with a clear mindset and exactly watch what happens. I'm not going to root for anyone. I just want to see what happens. I am open to the idea of it, but the fact that you just took away the damn clash from us, like make it a an exhibition event, make it the all star race for Christ's sake. We don't need it to be the clash. Let the clash be at Daytona, like I said. Yeah, for Christ's sake. Actually, that's that's probably the best point. Make bring that. Coliseum race to the All Stars. We don't need to go to. We don't need to go to fucking Texas twice. Like what? Like why is it so random? Everybody goes, oh well, Texas lost its race date. No, Texas never. Texas has had two race dates in the last two years. You know, they've they've already had. I think think the winner of the All Star race should hop out of the car and pick where they go next year for the All Star race. You know what? That is a great fucking idea. Like, Why don't as, we do that? As soon as they rip their burnout, pull a kid from the stands, take a selfie with them, grab the checkered flag, I think Vince Welch or whoever it is should come up to them and ask, okay, where are we going next year? Yeah, either that or like they do like like one of those like, uh, like oh, here's, here's tonight's New Jersey lottery, pick three, and all the balls come out, and like let it be a track, like, <laughs> like a bingo. That would be cool as hell to that do too. That would be really cool actually. That would be cool as hell. It's like, wouldn't it be so cool if if someone was like, all right, you know what? I want the all-star race at Dover, Pocono. And we're like, yo, Jason, let's go to the all-star race. Yeah, that would be. Not yeah, tickets to the all-star race. Yeah, that would be funny. But, I mean, drive. Like, in my opinion, though, I just think the NASCAR all-star race should always be in a short track. You know, it's just how it is. I'm sorry. Having it at Bristol was the, the best idea that they had. Moving the numbers wasn't a good idea. What are you talking about moving it to Bri- Bristol? Yeah, was- Bristol was – everybody thought it was going to be, oh, so damn cool. It ended up being, like, probably like more boring than this year's All-Star race. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the race was ass last felt, year. like, wasn't, wasn't very good. But, I mean, hell, having it at Bristol versus having it at Texas? Give me my goddamn Nashville Fairgrounds. That's all I want. So, oh, I mean, Martinsville would be cool. No, oh, I've said that for the longest time too. I said Martinsville will be perfect as the All Star race. Martinsville will be perfect as as the championship race. But I mean, I understand why we have to go to a big ass venue like Homestead and like Phoenix now because of all the renovations. We want it to be modern. We want to be like this is our biggest. This is our, if not one of our top five biggest races of the year. And here we are. At, you know, I mean, I, I I think it'd be cool to do it at Talladega. 
but like it's just not fair. Yeah, you don't really crown a real all star that way. No, I'm not talking about all star. I'm talking about a championship now. Oh, oh, I was saying the same thing. I think it'd be really cool to have it at Talladega. I mean, imagine if the final four all get swallowed up in the same round. (laughs) Oh my God, they're like Talladega Knights running. Damn, yeah, exactly. How how do you figure out who the champion is? Yeah, if, that's yeah, that, that like that. how does that even go? Yeah, I always thought Darlington would be cool too, but Denny Hamlin would just run away with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, but um, it, it's got to be a track that's exciting yet fair to almost all drivers. It's hard to say fair because like, last year's was a supposed to be the best stock car drivers in the country, so they're supposed to be absolutely cracked. Challenged. Every single track that they could possibly go to, so it shouldn't matter where we go to. Yeah. Time, I feel like a place like Martinsville, certain people are going to excel and not excel. Like if we went to Richmond for the championship race, first of all, it'd be a snooze, but second of all, Ryan Blaney would probably never win a championship because it's just one of those tracks for him. So it's got to be, in my opinion, a track where you know everybody has a shot. You know, not not to say that it has to be fair, but you know. Everybody is is capable, and at the same time, the racing is very good. Great track, probably would have been Fontana if they weren't ripping it apart. Yeah, but, that sucks, but you know, I mean, it is what it is, man. It is what so, it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. It, it's uh, it's crackhead hours here, Jason. It's twelve thirty in the morning. Oh my God! Yeah, folks, we're recording this twelve thirty in the morning. So don't we we have very busy schedules, folks. Oh, yeah. I've been we busy make it all work day. When, yeah, we make it work when when we can. So went we, from work to podcast or work to uh, coming home and spotting Kenny Brady in the E NASCAR Road to Pro Irish series. Uh, did get finish? Uh, twelfth actually. We we and how many? Kenny, put it this way. I raced and gave him a holding penalty at the start for no reason. It was a glitch, and he tried to get it cleared by the admins, but they didn't clear it. So he had to start one lap down, but there was a wreck off turn two on lap one. Anyway, so he was stuck a lap down. Uh, short pitted around like lap 100 and gained some spots. The entire fall started happening. Then we got cautioned, so we pitted. Started like 22nd maybe. I don't even know, but it was in the 20s. It was bad. And Kenny finished P12, and we beat out Michael uh, Cozy, a.k.a. Winvow. We beat him by like half a car length. Uh, so Kenny did oh, pretty damn. good on a setup that wasn't really fully, but you know, had Kenny have done better and not had that penalty, I think Kenny would have had a top five because he was really fast. He was faster than leaders at some points. So we did good. But um, anyways, uh, last part of the Cup news schedule, and then we'll move on to Bristol for this weekend. Uh, Cup is going to Gateway. We talked about it a little bit. Cup is finally getting its long-awaited, most anticipated uh, Gateway date. Um, cannot wait to see it. Who knows? Uh, could be a single file train with these new next gen cars. Uh, uh-huh. Could be good though. I think that the next gen cars actually are probably worse than the Gen Six cars as a choice to run a gateway, in my opinion. Um, but we don't know. We've never seen them run. I'm not judging the car. It's just from what I've seen, from what I've heard. You know, it's just lo- looking how it is. I would like to see the Gen Six run it before the next gens do. Um, but I can't wait. Uh, they attracted and promoted the hell out of the IndyCar races when they came there, and they've attracted a huge crowd when they came there. And they didn't do so good this year with attendance, but it was still there. And truck races are great. And if they could produce the race, like if they do a truck race, an IndyCar race, I could just imagine that they're going to sell out next year. Yeah. I think this is a huge W. This is a great idea. Oh, yeah. I think the racing's really good in the truck series. Um, all, obviously, it's hard to tell, but 
you know, compared to a cup car, especially the next gen car, but we've never been there. So hell, why don't we go? I, oh, I kind of yeah. like mindset that NASCAR has recently with trying new things. Like we haven't done it. Let's do it. Let you know, let, let's see what see what happens. So yeah. I think it's probably going to be uh, probably similar to a Hampshire. Mm. Kind of flat and uh, I wouldn't say that because three and four is flatter and one and two is more narrower and more banked. And you yeah, it's, a, it's a very it's a very unique track. It's yeah, uh, it, it is. It's, it's one a lot of like Darlington, track. only it's flat. Yeah, it's a mini Darlington. I was literally just going to say that. It's a mini Darlington. It's like Darlington mixed with Indianapolis. Mixed with I, New Hampshire. Yeah, the layout's a lot like Darlington, but the flatness, I, I feel like it's... It gives me New Hampshire, Indianapolis. Vibes. Yeah, it, the racing will probably be like what it'll be like at New Hampshire next year, too, but... Yeah, we'll say, but um, we'll never know. Oh, Open the door for Eric Amarola. Oh yeah, for real. Uh, but oh, one more thing. I don't want to hang up on it, but you know how you were talking about um the rain at Coda and stuff and being atrocious. Well, I forgot to say they're actually they actually moved that race date back into March, so because it's a less rainy time of the year, so they're planning on it not being a fucking torrential downpour like it was this year. Uh huh. Well, so, hopefully, get lucky and yeah. Just- I mean, I- I'm all down for a little bit of rain, like a little bit of sprinkle and like a little bit of wetness. But I'm not down for a tsunami like it was this year in a Charlotte Roval last year for the Xfinity cars. But oh, just, you know. just overall, that Coda race was just bad. It, it was. I, it had. It had. I a hope we can redeem ourselves. But you know, it's not for everybody. Some people don't like the rain. Some people do. Everybody's on the fence. It's like 50-50 for it. But um, yeah. Sorry, folks. Yeah, tired. It's like twelve thirty forty one. Yeah. Yep. I'm tired, man. Can't wait to get off of this, but we still got one more segment to go. Bristol, the last great Coliseum. It's Bristol, baby. Is this weekend Colin last race of the round of 16 now? Couple guys right now looking to try to get in on points. One guy needs to win. Couple guys need to just have really good days right now. Um, looking at the standings right now. So, folks, here is how they line up. Now I'm gonna give it from ninth on back. Brad Kulowski in the ninth position right now, 13 points above the cutoff, or 13 points above the cutoff. Kyle Busch running in 10th uh, with eight points above the cutoff. Eric Almroll, 11th, three points above the cutoff. And Kurt Busch and Alex Bowman, both 12th and 13th, tied on the cutoff line right now. Going to be a nail biter for those two, considering Kurt's good at Bristol and Alex just needs to have a good run. Tyler Reddick, five points out right now in 14th. William Byron, surprisingly, 18 points out in 15th. And Michael McDowell, um, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's basically a must-win situation. Not confirmed, but pretty much is a must-win situation. He is 38 points out. That team's going to need an absolute miracle if they're going to make it in, which obviously we're not counting on it. Um, so, yeah, but that's your playoff standings. Collins, what, is your, what, are, what are our thoughts on Bristol coming into this weekend? Well, first of all, get out of the way. Michael McDowell is not going to win. He will be eliminated, so we can ride him off. Uh, William Byron, I, I, I don't see. I, I don't see him making the next round. I don't see him going up and, and winning this race. I don't see him going up and being the better of the Hendrick cars. I think he's had a great season so far, but some bad luck in the playoffs. I don't think William Byron makes it through either. All right, you know what? Here, that's actually even better. You know what? Folks, here's what we're gonna do. Who are your four that are getting eliminated this weekend? Oh, oh, see, I was trying to talk my way up to figuring out who, but I mean, okay. Michael McDowell and William Byron, I feel do not make it. Uh, 
if this was Bristol a couple years ago, I say Tyler Reddick does make it. But now this is Bristol hold the bottom and don't get bumped. Uh, you know, not you know, rip the wall and and you know, ride up against it. If we were ripping the wall at Bristol, I think Tyler Reddick gets top five and makes it to the next round. Mm. Since it's it's since it's just hold the bottom and and don't get you know smashed from behind. I think Tyler Reddick. Well, to be it. fair though, like it's he... not going to be like the truck race. Just like the Xfinity race isn't going to be like the truck race tomorrow night. I think it's going to be the top lane will coming in late in the run. I mean, it did last year. I, I don't know that the bottom is the place to be though. Yeah, well, they're early in the run. You just got to make you got to develop the top lane in the middle lane with rubber. You just well, gotta there, there's two that. drivers who are going to do it, and that's Tyler Reddick and Kyle Larson. So yeah, absolutely. Reddick could figure. Reddick is such a good driver probably one of the best drivers in the field and he just doesn't get to show it because of the, the lack he has unfortunately rcr is not a top team or a top team but not one of the best teams out there yeah, it's just funny how teams that were five-star teams 10 years ago are no longer five-star teams i mean like oh I said, exactly like it's, i said last week insane. chip ganassi and now them hell even roger it's... roush roush rate oh my god roush rates roush yates racing or whatever you want to call it, Roush Racing, literally championship contender team, literally every year. Now they are dead in the water with Chris Bush and Ryan Newman. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, it's, it's strange to say that RCR is not a top team because they just always, always felt like they have been, but they're not. And, and Tyler Reddick doesn't have an opportunity to show his true potential. So unfortunately I feel like he, he also gets eliminated. He's already below the cut lines, five points. Below the cut line, I don't see him making up those five points. But hell, if that if that top line comes in, you know he's going to be up there. So he he'll he'll be up against that wall. So if he can make speed and he can get his way up to the front, then yeah. Um, I think two guys who who got to be a little nervous are Alex Bowman and Eric Amarola, mainly because slotted twelfth right now, basically tied to be below that cut line is Kurt Busch, and this is Kurt Busch's best track. Kurt Busch. Although he's gotten older, hasn't really had, you know, the wins at Bristol. I mean, he's he's goaded at Bristol. I mean, he is. Him and his brother are obviously the two best drivers at this track. And, you know, win-wise, finish-wise, talent-wise, skill-wise, you, you name it. The Bush brothers are going to be up there. And Kurt Bush can very well go win this race because he has to and because he wants to. You know what I mean? He, yeah. And, and that that's going to put Alex Bowman or Eric Amarola, I feel like, in a bad spot. I don't see Eric Amarola going up there and having a good run. Stuart Haas just doesn't have it. Uh, I see Kyle Busch slotted in 10th going and having a good run. Uh, obviously, I, I'm a little biased, but I mean, I think anybody can tell that Kyle Busch will most likely have a good run if he if he keeps the car in one piece at Bristol. So and your four drivers. I'm, I'm afraid for is, uh, is Brad Keselowski. So right now I want to say that maybe Eric Amarola gets eliminated as well. So that would make it Amarola, Reddick, Byron, uh, McDowell, but man, it's going. To, I think it's going to be a pretty crazy battle for that for that last guy eliminated. I mean, it could very well be Brad Keselowski because he just doesn't have it this season either. So it's it's going to be crazy. I think it's going to be a really good race. Yeah, man, it definitely is. I, uh, I already know. There's a couple drivers. I'm on the. There's like the one spot. I'm is is the thirteenth spot that I'm really concerned about. I already that, know. Me too. I think McDowell gone. Obviously, William Byron, sorry, gone. I just think he's too deep in a hole. I think he's 18 points out. He would need a lot to happen for him to advance. 
Um, this is when it gets iffy. Is fourteen and thirteen. Um, Kurt Busch, I think, is going to have a great season or a great season. Oh my god, great race! So write him off. Kurt Busch is going to go out there. I I think Kurt Busch might just win, but I'm not saying that yet. I'll save it for fantasy because I still haven't chosen my fantasy drivers yet. So I'm just going to do it while we're on the pod. So, I was going to say low key, I haven't either. So, so I'm we're going to do them together. We'll do it, but we're going to try to do it as quick as we can and with our knowledge and power. Um, so William Byron, Mike McDowell, gone. Um, see, Eric Amaral and Tyler Reddick, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at the points right now. Just with Eric Amaral and the package that Stuart Haas has been doing on, seven, on the 750s, I don't know, you know. But Tyler Reddick's been there, man. You know, I, I think Eric Amaral gets out. I'm going to say Eric Amaral will be 14th. Or, uh, or, or uh, sorry, uh, yeah, wait, no, actually, my bad. Tyler Reddick will get in along with Eric Amarola, uh, Alex Bowman. I'm sorry, they just haven't performed. And shocker, right here, I'm gonna say Kyle Bush is getting the boot after this race this weekend, and here's why. If you look at most of the times that Kyle Bush has been running at Bristol, how many times has Kyle Bush got caught up in an accident when running up at the front? or trying to charge back to the front of Bristol, huh? Think about it. You're a Kyle Busch fan. Think about it real close. How many times has it been leading? How many times has it been running up at the front? How many times has he had an issue or running with somebody, and he's been he's come up short, and he's just hit the wall, blew a tire, whatever, had a part malfunction, got involved in a wreck. I'm sorry. I just can see Kyle Busch leading this race, and the next thing you know, there's a car in front of him that just wrecks, and I just think Kyle Busch is just not going to do it. I think that they're going to have a bad day, and I think that they're not going to make it. I'm cringing, Jason. I'm sorry, dude. It's the truth. I mean, if you really look at it, it it's just stats. Kyle Busch, if not best driver at Bristol, arguably. But when you look at how many times the man has been taken out because of something of his own doing or being caught up in another mess, it's insane. You could say the same thing with Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney, good at Bristol. It's a hit or miss for him. Same thing with Kyle Busch. He's going to be good. He's good at Bristol, Bright Blaney and Busch. But Blaney's been taken out by his own. I mean, literally in 2020, literally, I'm sorry. Ty Dillon literally cleaned this out. We had that thing saved. We would have been fine. Ty Dillon cleaned this out. But, you know, 2018, one of my heartbreaking Blaney moments got involved in that wreck because of the lap cars. You know, it, it's just Bristol. It's product. Look at how many times tonight in the ARCA race, Ty Gibbs almost got taken out. Twice almost. Tonight in, in the truck race, Sheldon Creed, I think, almost got taken out twice. And it's like that third time. Taken out. You know, and that third, it's like, oh, that third time doesn't strike, but I think tomorrow night or uh, Saturday night, it's going to hit for Kyle Bush. I think he's getting the boot, dude. I'm sorry. Hey, I mean, that that's uh, your that's your prediction. That's your opinion. That's definitely a bold prediction, but hey. Yeah. So that predictions and, and, and mind the fact now it's fantasy time, bro. It's fantasy time. Let's set our let's set our fantasy lineups, folks, and give you our starters and our garage pick. Colin, oh. we're doing this right here, right now, bro. No setup. We're scripted this into the podcast. We're doing this right here, right now, dog. Colin, who are your five stars that you're going to choose this weekend and try to do it as soon as possible? Dude, this one, this one's tough here because how do you how do you not pick Kyle Larson at Bristol? But like, how do you pick him for the third week in a row and you only get him five times? Yeah. In, we we definitely I feel like made a mistake picking him last week. Yeah, he ran mediocre. But I think we make a big mistake if we don't pick him this week. Oh yeah. Here, it, it's been the Kyle and Kylo show there for a while. Uh, 
I mean, if, if that top line does come in, yeah, Kyle Larson is going to be a huge factor. If it's just run around the bottom, though, and, and make laps, I, I don't think Larson's I – mean, Larson will be a factor. He'll, he'll get top ten. Big like, top ten? I'm talking about. I, I think the one of the only obvious picks to put in your lineup is Kurt Busch. Yeah. So so who but, so let's go with pick number one though. Who's your pick number one? I'm gonna go Kurt Bush. All right, Kurt Bush Kurt Bush is your pick number one. Um, and I think I want to take Denny, pick number two. And Dennis Hamlin. Dennis Hamlin, why are we picking Denny Hamlin? Good at Bristol, has nothing else to lose, already locked in, uh finished first and second in the first two races of the playoffs, having a very good season consistently. I mean, he's going to go up there and he's going to give me points. Mm. Kurt Busch is, you know, like I said, one of the greatest, greatest drivers at Bristol, needs to have a good run, so he's going to have a good run. So I, I think that's why the one and the 11 are two very, very obvious picks. This is where it gets tricky. I, uh, Because my usage, Jason, Jason, my my usage is hurting me. I've already used Drex twice. I've used Chase twice. I've used Larson twice. I think my third pick, I'm going to go with Joey Logano. Logano. I mean, Penske's been been there this season. Logano has been there this season. I mean, he's, what, top five in the points, been there since – the beginning of the season, I want to say, like basically, he only has one win. It's at Bristol this season. Granted, it was on dirt, um, but a hey, a win at Bristol is a win at Bristol. He's good at Bristol. He has wins on the asphalt or concrete, whatever it's made out of. Uh, so yeah, I think I think Lugano is a good pick. <sighs> I don't want to use them up, but I really think my next pick should be Kyle Busch. I know I'm a little biased, but. I mean, we're talking Bristol here. If if this was the cutoff race at like, oh, what what what's a track he's not good at? Are there any tracks that Kyle Busch isn't good at, Jason? I feel like he's good at all of them. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but like at the no, same man, time, I, I don't, it's kind of a hit and miss with the team sometimes. No, you're right. I mean, definitely the no practice qualifying is really just hurting that team and and they just can't get they can't seem to get around it hoping that practice and qualifying comes back next season for for everyone not even just the 18 team i mean it's kind of crazy that we just show up and race i mean think of all the what ifs kyle larson like didn't he blow an engine at talladega on lap one this season because they fired it up and it just didn't run i mean that's crazy practice and qualifying needs to come back but that's what we're talking about right now we're talking about fantasy Sorry, Jason, I go off on tangents here. No, you're good. What do, you, what do you think, Jason? What do you think about Christopher Bell? You know, I was debating on putting him in my fantasy, but I'm not. So I'm already going to confirm that I'm not putting Christopher Bell in my fantasy. He's kind of a hit or miss. He's been running good. Yeah, but I just, can't, I, I just don't see him running very well in Bristol. Start in P6. Comfortably in, in the points. You know, I'm not not you know relaxed by any means not not going to cruise his way in there he's going to have to fight to to make it above that cut line but i think he will i think he's going to make it i don't know 
Christopher Bell is another one of those drivers. I think he's one of the top drivers right now. I mean, he's young. He, he's making mistakes, but at the same time, he's executing he's, on those mistakes. On runs. I think talent-wise, he's one of the greatest drivers in the field. And I think he's going to be he's going to be around for a long time, and he's going to win many races, many championships. I don't know. I uh, I got a lot of a lot of picks for Christopher Bell here. I think I'm going to pick him as my fifth driver. There you go. Who's your Who's your dreaded? Let's not use a garage pick, but in case you have to, I have a garage pick you can use, but he's already mine. And if you don't pick up, I'm sorry, you're dumb. All right, we'll go ahead because I got one that's in my head too. Nope, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you that. It's not. That's the whole point. I'm not oh. telling you my lineup until we're done. Oh man. Knowing you, you'll change him. What is it? Is it Blaney? No, it's not. It's not Blaney. I mean, Blaney's good at. at I'm not telling you. Just two. tell. What's but, your? But, what, choose a garage pick, man. Think about it. All right, all right. Don't pressure me. Don't pressure. I'm not pressuring you. Just choose that damn garage <laughs> pick, man. Think about I, it. I, I I will probably go back and change this, but I mean. You will, and you're going to be an asshole for doing so. But is is it Matt Benedetto? That's a good garage pick. If you want a dog, pick Matt Benedetto. I don't see the. I don't see the point not choosing. He's going to be my second pick but he wasn't my main pick oh you're putting him in your lineup no i'm not telling oh, you oh, okay okay all right all right <sighs> all right garage pick ross chastain hey man i did that last week there you all go right. that's a good pick it's a very good pick that's my lineup all right let me let me just read it off yeah so we're going with kurt bush Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell as the starters, and Ross Chastain as my garage pick. Martin Truex Jr., nowhere to be found. I don't know. I think that's already a bit right there. but I'll give a spoiler. I don't have Martin Truex Jr. on my lineup. All right. Go ahead. Let's, let's hear And yours. I'm actually smart. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you how smart this lineup is, how smart I thought about this. So when you were doing yours, I was doing mine at the same time, but I'm going to be honest with you. I was not basing any of my picks off of what you were doing. I'm solely basing off knowledge and what I remember about the drivers and how they are. I mean, yeah, go ahead. So here we go, folks. Jason Rockefeller's choices for fantasy between my starters and my garage pick. So number one, going biased, Ryan Blaney, starting seventh. Uh, very good at Bristol. Uh, he has a... Xfinity win here in 2014 and a truck series win here in 2015 or 2016. Wow, Blaney, man, I should know this, right? I know, right? Crazy. But anyways, I'm choosing Ryan Blaney. He's a hitter, messy wrinkles, Bristol. Did not do so well. Got knocked out of the round of uh, 16. Or he got he missed the round of 12 last year. Not so good at Bristol but last year. Don't know what happened. You know, our team sucks, whatever you want to call it. Um, but choosing him, he's a hitter, miss. Uh, I really want to see him get it done. Because we really need a win to be a little bit more, you know, comfortable heading into the round of twelve. But um, we're good there. I'm sorry, really I, I know you're like into this right now, but Ryan Blaney got eliminated first round last season. Yeah, because of the not remember that. And, and then wow. we just shit at Richmond. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Exactly my point. So we're in a better position this year. Maybe things will change. Starting seventh, uh, I got him. So, uh, second pick, um. Your blind side did not choose him. Kurt Busch, starting 15th, starting mid-pack practically, but I can see that number one Monster Energy, whatever paint schemes running this weekend, Monster Energy, Chevy, 
Camaro driving his way up through the field. He's good at Bristol. His last win here was in 2017 when he was driving the number 41 Ford Fusion Monster Energy Car for Stuart Haas. Uh, different circumstances now. Almost beat his brother here a couple of years ago in 2019, I believe it was. Uh, I believe it was 2019. Almost beat his brother. Uh, said he would have wrecked him for the win, and I quote, if he was there. So it was 2019. Um, but then Kurt got his revenge at Kentucky. So um, I got Kurt Busch, because why not? Uh, third pick, I'm going with a guy who has not been so happy this year, but his nickname is Happy. So Happy Harvick's going to go in my third spot, starting eighth. He, That's uh, a good pick. I won, was thinking about he won last year. Um, he's pretty good at Bristol. Uh, he's all right here. He's so-so. Um, but the runs they've had the last couple of weeks, I could see them doing good. So on a package that he's more comfortable with. Um, and it's ripping the bottom because it's got that PJ1 traction compound on it. So maybe that'll probably play into effect like he did last year in one. We'll see how he does. Um, fourth, I'm, I had to, even though I don't, I didn't say he was going to have a good day, but I, mean, I had to. I mean, come on. It's Kyle Busch starting ninth. It's Kyle, it's Kyle Busch. I mean, what, what else can you say? I'm not even a Kyle Busch fan. I just like the guy. It's Kyle. It's KFB, bro. It's Kyle fucking Busch. How can you not? I, I'm him? so biased, but like, we, we could do a show. You shot have to choose Kyle Busch like, in your fantasy. You have to. Exactly. No matter. It sucks if he does bad. It sucks if he wrecks or whatever, but it's Kyle Busch. If he's not doing bad, he's doing good. Like it, there's no in the middle for Kyle Bush. It's he's bad or he wrecks. He is winning Bristol or he is coming up second or he is wrecking at Bristol. That is just how Bristol is for him. Um, then- my last starter, I have Joey Logano. Very good at Bristol. You put him on yours. Uh, in my opinion, I think he's the second best Penske car heading into this weekend. If not, arguably for first with Ryan Blaney. Um, He's definitely one to watch for. He's starting third, so he's got a very good shot, very good starting position to get up there and contend for the win and possibly win in advance of the round of 12 with a win. Excuse me. Uh, why not choose uh, Joe Logano to second Penske pick uh, when it comes to my roster? He's very good here. He has a win or two, I think. Um, I know he won in 2014, I think it was, 2015, whatever it was, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh could have won here last year if it weren't for Chase Elliott diving into the corner. Um, but, yeah, choose Joe Logano. I don't see why not. He starts third. And here's my garage pick. I cannot believe you did not choose this guy. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. What? Starting 23rd. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. loves Bristol. He says it's his favorite track. Ricky the, the guy who didn't even so make 100 good. laps last season at Bristol in the two races. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is so good at Bristol, though. He loved it when he was in Roush and he's even good here now. Why not? Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has been so-so this season. But why not pick him as a garage pick? Because he hit or miss when it comes to Bristol. Because he's there's way better drivers. He's Yeah, but dude, it's I'm telling you, watch. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. might just be up there and might just be getting a top 15, if not a top 10 this weekend. Man, I'm telling I'm, you. I'm very intrigued by our picks. Uh, we we literally just spent the first half of the show talking about how the two championship favorites are probably Martin Trix Jr. and Kyle Larson, and none of none of us picked them. Well, I also – did you actually – now, see, if you go back and listen to the podcast now – now, folks, I'm pretty sure the way it works, Colin, you know more than me. If you don't start your garage pick, let's say before the second stage, if you don't start your garage pick, then it doesn't count as a usage. But you, I, you have I, until green flag is stage three to uh, to start your garage pick. Yeah, but I'm saying if you don't use your garage pick at all, does it count as a usage? 
Oh, no, no. Sorry. Yes. Okay. All right. So anyways, um, like I was saying, if you go back and listen to the picks from last week, um, I did not choose one guy that I already chose so far in the last, in the last well, this is going to be week two in the last, if you want to count it, two weeks now of doing fantasy. I didn't choose one guy that I already chose. I chose all new guys that I have five usage of. So everybody that I chose has five usages left. So we're going to see how it takes me. But that's our picks for fantasy, folks. Uh, yeah. Make sure you try NASCAR Fantasy Live this weekend. Try to cash in, get some bragging rights, maybe maybe win something, depending on what you're doing, whether it be a league or just regular fantasy. So, or uh, just even even if you're making bets this weekend, uh, wagers or whatever the hell you want to call it, um, choose those guys. Uh, choose some of our picks. Choose my picks. I feel more confident in mine. Colin, I'm not gonna lie. Colin's kind of threw together. I had a little bit of time to think about mine. I feel really confident in my picks. <sighs> Yeah, my well, mine's a little goofy because I have only so many picks. I can only pick Kyle Larson three more times, and I can think of three more tracks that I know he's going to be a factor at. Only pick pick Blaney three more times. I mean, of course, I'm going to pick Blaney at Talladega, you know, Blaney at Martinsville. So I don't, I don't have room for Blaney right now. It's yeah. uh, it, it's tough. That's what makes this game. You got so- yeah. You got to really manage your picks. I've noticed when I played fantasy when it was the same format a couple of years ago. I realized it was the same reason. You got to save those picks because next thing you know, you're out of picks. Make sure that if you're going to choose a driver, folks, whether it be for fantasy live or anybody, if you have a whatever max amount of usages you can use a driver, whether it be fantasy live or something else, make sure you use them at a track that you know they can be good at. It's not like I'm going to be like, oh Ryan Blaney, I'm going to make him. I'll, I'm gonna start him at the Charlotte Roval. He won there in 2018. Well, he won out of dumb luck. He was there right place, wrong right time. I mean, last year he had a good shot, but he spun himself out. You know, and it's a hit or miss when it comes to Ryan Blaney on the road course. He's either good or he's bad. There's no, oh, he's gonna have a good run. Like, I chose Ryan Blaney for Bristol because he's good at Bristol. That's why I chose Ryan Blaney. You know, so but just be careful with who you choose. You know, uh, we want to see y'all do good. You know. But uh, that's Isn't our that picture fans. Of course you fucking did. Go figure. I don't even I, want to I hear took, it. No, I took – no, well, listen, listen. I took Kyle Bush out because I'm going to need him later on. I mean, I, I think I think that's that's obvious. We're, we're going to need Kyle Bush later on. Although he's very good at Bristol, I, I think points later in the season in the playoffs are going to be more more relevant than right now. I put Kevin Harvick in, not because you put him in. I was I was looking at Harvick too, uh, but I have five of five usage for Harvick, so I put Harvick in, and I'm putting Kyle Busch into my garage pick, taking Chastain out. So just want to update my my picks are Kurt Busch, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell. Garage is Kyle Busch. I feel a lot more confident about this now. So that those yeah. are my. Well, those are our fantasy picks, folks. Now, before we sign off here, we have to give our race-winning picks, regardless of fantasy, whatever we want to do to be safe. Colin, who do we really think, honestly, in your opinion, is going to win this weekend at the Bristol Motor Speedway for the Bristol Night Race? Kurt Busch. I, I've had I've had him on my mind to win this race. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. You want to know something? I said I was going to say the same thing. Really? I swear to God. Well, when he doesn't win, we're gonna look like real idiots, aren't we? Oh yeah, we're gonna look like idiots, and everybody. When, when he when he runs fifteenth all night, 
we're going to look really bad. You know what, then? You know what? I'm going to choose a pick since you chose him, but I'm still going with Kurt Busch. In my gut, I'm still, folks, to say to sit here and say, I'm going to still choose Kurt Busch. On paper, I'm choosing Kurt Busch, but when it comes to mentality, since you already chose Kurt Busch, I got to choose somebody else. Uh, I'm I'm going I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Busch. Um, I, I keep saying he's going to get knocked out, but like I said, Kyle Busch is a hit or miss at Bristol. It's either he's winning, finishing second, or he's getting wrecked. Um, but you never know. I'm going to be I'm going to choose Kyle Busch to uh, win this weekend just to be safe. But um, but. In reality, on paper, when it comes down to writing, if I had to write it in a note, I'm choosing Kurt Busch, just to say. So the Bush brothers are our picks for this weekend at Bristol. Yeah. So I mean, why why shouldn't they be? I mean, oh, they're yeah. really the the top drivers at Bristol. So it yeah. it, it should be exciting. And and honestly, if they're not the top drivers at Bristol, then it's like Blaney. Blaney comes into the picture too. So I think we're gonna weekend jason i think we're gonna both like the outcome of the race it's gonna be an interesting weekend i'm definitely excited for the bristol players i just really hope it's not as boring as last year i'm not gonna lie dog oh yeah so as a kyle bush fan thinking he was gonna win that race yeah well i think the points weren't as tight as they were stressful i don't think the points were this tight like they were last year coming into bristol what for kyle for everybody oh yeah i mean the only one who's not really tight at all is michael mcdowell I mean, everybody pretty much Dowell might as well back. just park it on lap one and save himself the stress. Yeah, I don't mean to be rude, but who knows, man? It's NASCAR. Anything can happen. So you never know. I mean to be rude because Michael McDowell's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's just facts, dude. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see him wait. And, you know, we'll have to wait and see after Bristol, but it's that time of the night. It's 102 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the East Coast of New Jersey. Um, Colin, it's been a pleasure doing episode two with you, dog. Uh, I had a lot of fun. And I feel like it was much smoother than uh, last week's for sure. We talked about how we want to be smoother. Uh, folks, I noticed I cut off Colin a lot last weekend, and I know Colin probably just didn't say it, but I noticed that a lot, and I was listening to the podcast last week, and I listened to the whole thing. Um and I try to not do that as much. I have a tendency to do that because I have ADHD. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I cut you off a lot too. So yeah, but you know what though, it it is what it is. But it's just us trying to talk. It's us being passionate for what we love. Like I said last week, we just want that shit to get out. Oh yeah, so, doing it virtually, I feel like uh, leads us to cutting each other off more. We were in, you know, saw each other in real life, and we we saw each other talking. It's it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, wow cut somebody off so yeah. the elements that we have right now but we're gonna get better at it yeah well well steve but i i can't wait to do the future episodes but uh we're gonna sign off here folks because we got busy days ahead of us tomorrow Colin, i'm pretty sure you got what class work what do you got i got work tomorrow i'm gonna yep. be slinging the breadsticks at the olive garden oh yeah man i got work tomorrow at the old circus liquors spirits wines whatever the hell you want to call it we just call it circus wines now i can't wait to go serve the alcoholics and them complaining yep. that there's no white claw that's cold in the fridge so, oh no yep they're gonna get really mad at me when there's no high noon and white claw in the fridge because jason doesn't fill that shit on fridays because it's <sighs> a shit show <laughs> so it is what it is though but folks thank you so much for listening to the nascar or uh, sorry nastime podcast episode two cannot yeah. wait to see how the points shake up after bristol who's your race winner who had what 
and maybe some new news coming in to next week when we do the podcast. We had the rumors of LA last week. Uh, this week we had the 2022 schedule. So who knows what uh, we're going to talk about next week? Who knows what bombshell is going to drop from Adam Stern or Bob Pockris or whoever. So we'll have to find out. Maybe we'll get oh, some hey. great news. What's up? Big, big shout out to Sheldon Creed getting signed on to RCL. Yeah, I was literally just going to say that too. Sheldon Creed, I was congratulations. Totally getting, forgot. Totally got his left rear tire cut tonight in the truck race. Uh, but uh-huh. got to do what you got to do. That was a hell of a finish. I'm not going to talk hell about it. Um, shit show, but good finish. I applaud Chandler Smith. You had to do what you had to do, folks. Come on. We all would have done the same thing. Don't even oh, sit here yeah. and tell, oh, that was dirty. We all would have no. done it. No, you, yeah, you would have exactly. done it. The kid needed yeah, I mean, to win to get in. Too. You know, done perfect. And it's not oh, like yeah. he pushed him up the track. He just got into him a little bit, cut his tire down. Nothing you can do. But is what it is, folks. Thank you so much for listening to the NASA Time Podcast episode two, thank you. Uh, Bristol preview. Um, there is a playlist. I rec- I'm not a Spotify guy. I recently just made a playlist called uh, NASCAR Race Day playlist uh, on the NASA Time. Um, Spotify. I don't think it's public yet. I'm gonna have to look. I'm not very. I'm not used to Spotify. I use Amazon Music. Um, so I'm gonna have to see if I could publish this playlist. If not, it's a lot of handpicked for me. It's got everything from rock to rap to uh, metal a little bit to uh, country music. Uh, other than pop, it's pretty much got everything. So um, I'm gonna hopefully to put it, it out. Uh, just keep an eye on the lookout. Maybe every day check in, see uh, if it's called, uh, if it just should be called NASCAR Race Day Playlist. Uh, it's got about like 60, maybe 40, 50 songs on it. Um, a lot of stuff is from the video games, uh, from the old EA games. A lot of stuff's on there from the video games. A lot of you uh, newer uh, NASCAR fans might not get, but if you're an old guy like us who are in our 20s now, um, you might understand it if you're not so new to the pot or you're not so uh, old like us. You know, I'm not saying that we're old guys, but you know what I mean. Um, we, we've been we've been into the sport. We for, were. Yeah, we've been in the sport for a long time. Playing the games. Playing the old games. So you might recognize some songs on there. So hopefully I'll put it out again. It'll be called NASCAR Race Day Playlist by Time. So keep it on the lookout. Check for that every day on Spotify. It'll be a playlist. I'll try to publish it. If it's not, like I said, don't know how it works. But anyways, uh, to end the night. Guys, thank you so much, Colin, and I appreciate you guys listening last week. Yes, we thank listeners. you. Hopefully we get some more. I feel like this was a lot more structured podcast, a more, lot more free-flowing last week. So I can't wait to see how the points uh, shake up after Bristol and who we're, we're talking gonna about. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Yes, sir. Guys, thank you guys so much for listening in to the NASA Time Podcast. I'm Jason Rockville alongside my co-host, Colin Ward. We'll see you next week after Bristol.